Sorry about your luck. But yeah, well, you know, someday I'll get this MRI. Someday I'll find out if there's a tumor in my ear. That's fun stuff seeing um, seeing your brain. I seen the folds of it. I hope I can see the part where creativity is. Mm-hmm. Do you know I can't have an MRI? <laughs> Why? Because I uh, I had my my jaw was broken, so they put like lots of metal in my. In my <laughs> I hate face. when my jaw was break. Yeah, They're right. Like, so I'm like, yeah, come on, guys. I would look like they said I'd look like Wolverine. Like okay. if if they did an MRI, like it'd be like the adamantium being like pulled out of my face. Yeah. Cool. And like it would just like rip through my skin. Cool. I had a I had an MRI once and they uh, looked at my optic nerve and it looked like I had two eyeballs on it, one right behind the other one. I was like, hey, sup with that? And they're like, ah, don't worry about it. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> well, cool. Doctor, doctors don't know what they're doing. What if like that was the eye that like saw reality and like it, I the think eye I absorbed... in front of it is like just the complacent eye and like a fictional yeah. reality. I think I absorbed it. And on my eye stall. My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Griffin McElroy, and I have scientific evidence that says that my game is, in fact, the best game of the week. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I brought an app. Good. Uh, my name is Chris Grant, and I am going to, I guess, judge which, which actual game is the best. Yeah, that's the way it works here on The Besties, in which we pit the hottest, latest, newest titles of the week against each other they they battle in mortal Kombat. one reign supreme and then we pit it against our reigning champion to see if it is uh if it is our new game of the year chris plant what is our current reigning champion oh god yowzers yowzers uh, i remember is it it's still mark of the ninja is it mark of the ninja is it still mark of the ninja has it only been one week well we last week we talked about the wii u so so we didn't have games last week. Is everybody okay? Uh, quick sidebar about the Wii U. <laughs> I got an email from Chris Plant uh, on Saturday, the oh, Saturday God. after uh, the Saturday after we recorded the Besties, and he said uh, the subject is I had a dream, and he said I had a dream in which you told me. I was obligated to give every last video game a fighting chance. I woke up and pre-ordered a deluxe Wii U from Toys R Us. Thanks for the most expensive dream ever. And then I read that email and I thought, oh man, I haven't pre-ordered one yet. I better, I should probably pre-order one too if Chris is going to. So both Chris and I were, I don't know, spiritually guilted into... (laughs) pre-ordering we use they f***ing got you they, they f***ing got you somewhere reggie fils is lying back in a chair pumped full of drugs and he's <laughs> jacked into some sort of internet and he's just he's he's wi-fi incepting every single game blogger in the universe i'm telling you between that and the the limiting of stock gamestop has already sold out of the deluxe wii u that's great because what did they yeah. get did they get 15 of them is that is that what happened it's crazy town. I, Justin, I, yes. I actually wasn't I wasn't totally honest with you. Okay. So the dream, you were you were the end of a, a grander dream in which it was me and Reggie playing a pickup game of hoops. 
and he said, you know, we'll play, and if if you win, I'll buy a new iPad, and if I win, you got to get that deluxe shiz, and then you got to get all your your friends to get that shiz too. Mm. And it and was a he, close game. It yeah. came down to a three point buzzer. Was beat. it a close game? Because uh, Reggie Fisume probably has uh, sixteen feet on you. Yeah, but no, in my dream, I'm twenty feet tall. Oh, did I he see. try to make small talk like, "Hey, so Chris, did you happen to watch the latest uh, episodic release of Breaking Bad this week?" <laughs> <laughs> You go get a phone, you just want a phone to talk to your friends and family, you're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts, and you get ripped off, because you got all this fine print, little details, and all of a sudden, they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans, there is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for like literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month. Say bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar. To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Uh, Chris, you're our commish. Uh, maybe you should tell us who you want to pitch their game first. Oh, have you played anything this week? I've been playing uh, Mark of the Ninja, which you guys have already thoroughly vetted. I've also been playing a little game we call Borderlands 2. Oh, don't don't talk about that one too much. You'll be able to contribute. Yeah, I can talk about it. Uh, So how about this? Because I like to hear myself talk. Let's start with Griffin so we can get right. right into B2. Um, my game of the week is Borderlands 2. It is a um, it is a, a, a shooter of the first person variety. Uh, you know, everybody. I feel like it's silly to describe what the what the game is. It's a it's a first person shooter, class based, four player co op, big old open world quests, a bunch of loot, and uh, it's got it's real edgy. It's got a very edgy uh, motif to it. Um, and uh, it's the second one, so it's better than the first one. Um, and <laughs> it's got mm-hmm. this robot in it, and the robot is a real cut up. <laughs> um, no, it's 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 very good. I it is it has its fair share of flaws. Arthur addressed a lot of them in uh, in the review. I think its biggest issue, and I'll go ahead and and do your guys' work for you. The uh, the quests are often not very good. Uh, the the two problems are almost all of them are sort of MMO esque fetch and retrieval quests, um, which is which is rough because you'll like get a quest in the main hub town and then travel to where the quest is, get the thing, and then have to travel all the way back to the main hub town. Of course, there's fast travel and and stuff like that 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 helps that process out a little bit, but it's still not very um fluid and what makes it worse is that 
you can like track the quests and look at them on your map. But you can have like a ton of quests in your queue, but you'll you can only track one of them at a time, which means you only one of them shows up on the map at a time, which is befuddling because you will run out and do a quest and return it and then realize that you just ran straight by four different quests that you oh, could have been I doing. Hate that. oh, that's it's the dead island problem. It's it's like it's a really it's not only an MMO problem, it's an antiquated MMO problem. Because right. even like wow, whenever you look at the map it shows you where everything is including all of your quest objectives. It uh, like it's crazy to me that that is not a thing that you can do. Um that aside, it is it is very very good. It scratches the Diablo itch really well. It's got this enormous enormous open world um that will take like months to catalog i've been trying to stay away from reddit because uh whenever i'm looking for news for the site uh like that's every, the only place we find news every single way. yeah every single reddit update has like check out this crazy easter egg that i found in this corner of the world that nobody's been to yet um you, you feel like that sense of exploration is very very much alive um which is good because you're going to be going over that world a lot as you do these as you do these quests um now the the sort of uh, the 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 bad things about the quest almost actually lend themselves to the co-op because you can jump in and help somebody out with a quest that you've already done or maybe you haven't already done and you don't feel like oh man this is a quest that i should be doing for myself in my game i feel like that's an issue that rpgs like multiplayer rpgs have is that like if you hop in and help somebody out with a quest that you haven't done yet the only thing you can think is ah crap i gotta do this one later too i don't want to do it twice um i guess i'm saying that some of the quests are so bad that you won't feel like doing them twice and so you don't have <laughs> um but the uh, customization is like leaps and bounds above borderlands like you uh you can customize the look of your character you get uh you can unlock these class mods that change the title of your character like uh there's the four basic classes that then branch out like my commando is now an engineer because i applied an engineer class mod that uh i think like makes my turret stronger or something like that there's there's it seems limited the, what you can do with the classes but it does it really takes like two hours to realize that it is actually very very deep i was in a group with another uh engineer or another commando and like our play styles were just completely different um so yeah it's neat it's a really fun co-op experience um the quests are not great but um but they're all i mean they're almost all optional the the story quests are usually much more uh there's a lot more variety in there so here's what I want to know, Griff. Yo. Do you LOL and or raffle at Claptrap's antics? Um, God, I don't know. It, yeah, the, the writing in the game is, for the most part, good. Um, I, it, I, don't, I, don't, I can't get down on comedy that is really self- self-aware like i don't think memes are very funny on the internet anyway and i feel like when you put that stuff in the game it's like yeah we know about memes too can you believe it and it's like yeah i, I wicked can i think that there's like some really fun writing in the game and then there's some yeah. stuff that tries so hard that comes it. across yeah. as desperate it comes across yeah. as like please like me and claptrap i have not even cracked a smile at him yet yeah and he's like do you know who, they, they, do you know who he is Claptrap. He's he one of the devs, is, right? 
Well, no, he's he's red leader in Star Wars. Oh. Remember that? Like, I can't shake him. I can't shake him. It's like if you took that character and then just took that irritating it's, voice and spread it for an entire game, you would have. But it's not even that. It's like he he comes. I mean, it's so. I feel like it's kind of poking fun at the broy fratty mentality, but by doing it, it really is, in fact, it's itself it. becoming broy yeah. and fratty. Right. And Claptrap yeah. is the most annoying it, character. He's it's the he's Matt like, Hazard problem, right? Of that you can you you can parody something, but you can't parody it by doing it. Yeah. Also, yeah. and like that doesn't fix your problem. It's like when a hipster shotguns a beer. It's right. a it's the Dawson's Creek dilemma, really. <laughs> Oh, I'm yeah. way into this. Hit me. I, I just, you know, we're teens. We're we're making a movie about teens. Uh, it's so terrible. Can you believe all these tropes are using in the movie? What can you can you imagine if real life was like that? What if our lives were like that? It is like that. Watch the show. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. No, but every other character I feel like is entertaining. I I, I like Doctor Zed. I like the mechanic guy. Um, I I don't for me that's not the appeal. The appeal to me, I love a game with a good progression system, and this one has it in spades. Um, I like getting I like getting new guns, and it's not just that the guns are more powerful; they do like crazy stuff. Like I I will use a gun that is weaker than that new hot gun I just found. If the my old gun when I reload it, I throw it like a grenade. Like that's that's fantastic. I'm a big big fan of that. Um, so, so I still get excited about that part of the game, and if if you like that stuff, then you're gonna you're gonna like this too. I feel like I have I feel like I was I have a good defense, like not defense, but um, I have been acclimated to this because I have played a lot of MMOs, and it really does seem like an MMO quest structure. But um, it's it's much more fast paced and fun, especially when you get four players in there, like all shooting at a boss. It's complete mayhem. Can, can you tell me if this is the right reading of Borderlands 2? Because this feels like a game that was really hyped. Because Borderlands 1 was like, kind of neat ideas in a really rough package. And yeah. Borderlands 2 was going to come out, and I was, like, my perception was, okay, they're going to fix all those things, and then it's going to be a sequel. Like, we're going to get lots of crazy new stuff, too. And really what they did was they just fixed Borderlands 1. Um, no, I, I think that the... I think that the different progression mechanics, I, I really do think it, it adds much more to the game. I couldn't get into Borderlands because I never felt like my character in Borderlands was, was my character. I felt like I was yeah. just progressing the same way that everybody else was progressing with this character. And I can't, that is a, that's a dead stop for me. Um, I feel like the way that they've changed that is, is really huge. Um, it, I don't know about newer. I just think it's bigger. And I think that's how they've marketed the game, and it's not wrong. It, it, it is it is absolutely enormous. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I still think there's room for improvement. I think that the... I, I don't know. I, I think the quest thing could be patched. Like, just let me see where everything is on the map. That is that is so unintuitive and awful. Like, I, I do not know how they didn't catch that and play. Like, oh, man, this is really... The only thing I can think is it makes the game artificially longer because you're... You know what I mean? Like you have to go. Yeah, and, and they switch. didn't need that, right? No, it didn't because it's already super long. I don't know. He said in his review, um, and this is kind of impossible to understand. He said in his review that he played something like forty to fifty hours of it. By the end of it, um, he didn't do most of 
the side quests, and he still hadn't seen the entire map, but he had retread and backtracked over a ton of the map he did see. So, right. like, on the main story quest, they're not... They're having you backtrack while leaving whole chunks of the map, you know, closed off um, and, and, I guess, accessible through side quests. It just seems weird yeah. that they would, like... You know, like, why would you maybe make the side quests have the backtracking? And there's, have the- there's, a few, there's a few problems. And I'll, I'll, the first and biggest is the fact that you can't see everything in the map. I think the town hub idea is is just awful because that if you're doing fetch quests by the very definition of them if you have to fetch like a hundred miles away that's that is the opposite of fun like take a if you want to follow that mmo structure i think there's a way you can do it in an offline game you just have to do it well like in world of warcraft if you go to a new area you will find clusters of quests that have you go to an area nearby and then when you finish that cluster you go to another cluster that's also nearby and by the end you have finished exploring an entire area and done all of the quests in that area without running all around the goddamn world borderlands is like come back to this one hub go out into the world somewhere do it and then come back like there's quests out in the world too but i feel like most of the things i do are are for the sanctuary hub anyway um do better still good game though all right so uh so uh, what are we? What are you talking about, Justin? What's your game? Uh, I could talk about FTL, but oh, unless we man. want the show to come to like a devastating decrescendo, we should probably just start we'll do plants next. Okay, <laughs> plant. Tell us about uh, the exciting, um, action-packed, totally unique game that you're bringing to today's the besties. Making it sound like you don't like it already. No, I don't even know what it is. I'm sure that it oh. is very unique, and that the gameplay mechanic in it is new. And that we're going to be excited to hear about it. Okay, I'm going to give you the title, and you tell me what you think this game is, okay? The game is called Raymond Jungle Run. Huh. Okay. What, do you, what type of game do you think that is when you hear that? It's probably going to be a platformer, I bet. Or I'm going to say a, like a, life si- a life sim based on Everybody Loves Raymond. Uh, no, that sounds much... I don't want to say better, but better. <laughs> that sounds good. Uh, he's on Parenthood now, guys. I don't know if you're watching that stuff, but oh, man, listen, he speaks to gr- me. He's great. We can okay. Out. So this game, uh, I'm Sorry. surprised you said platformer because it is a platformer. But when I hear run in an iOS title, I think a uh, really bad cannibal ripoff, especially if it has an established uh, IP already on top of it. It's like Burger King Run. The king's gonna he's gonna run. Wait, hold he's on a second. Is that, the, is that real? Grab all the patties. Is Burger I mean, King I mean, run real? How does Kidvid take... how does Kidvid do it? He's in a wheelchair. <laughs> he just wheels. Kid be a wheel. Isn't Kidvid? Um so uh, you know what I think I think Temple Run. I think the the behind oh, the gross. player, you know sort of thing. That's that's my Yeah. You mean Pitfall? Yeah. Pitfall I think, run, yeah. I think yeah. That, just like that Pitfall. Uh but yeah, so this game what it, it should just be called Raymond Origins iOS or something uh, because it's a really smart design in which they took the c- controls of an endless runner, but they put it in a like traditional platformer format. So you have 40-some stages, uh, each of which have a beginning and an end, and you have collectible items. The difference being the computer does have you running constantly. You're always moving from left to right. Uh, 
but you can actually subvert it by using walls and uh, wall jumps uh, and enemies even to kind of propel yourself against the current to find hidden areas. So you're not just, you know, moving on a flat surface from left to right. You can actually kind of reverse the flow of the game by using bounce pads and everything to find secrets. So it still feels like a platformer in the sense that this world is explorable, uh, but you don't have to worry about all the pains that would come with trying to play a platformer on a touchscreen system. Uh, and it looks exactly like the game on, on Xbox 360, which I guess that means it doesn't take much to power it on a console, but it looks stupid good on an iPhone Retina display. So it's basically like the treasure, tricky treasure levels. That's what it sounds like. Um, kind of. That just that sense of momentum. Like yeah, having, yeah, yeah. It, it, it is kind of like that. It's somewhere between the normal levels and the tricky treasure levels. And there are ones that are more like those things where you really are just speeding through it, uh, uh, collecting things at, you know, a breakneck pace. But there are some where you kind of do stop just by, you know, running into things and kind of map out which direction you want to go. Uh, I mean, ultimately, if you want to beat the game, if you want to get, you know, every collectible uh, and unlock all the bonus stages, you have to play it like that where you're moving constantly and you're kind of subverting uh, what the game wants to pull you to do. Uh, but the first go through, it is somewhere in between. Oh, I don't know. <sighs> um, how, many, how many bucks is it? It's two ninety nine. You guys nope. sound really down on this. Oh my god! It just I I don't I, can I be honest? I've tried, I've tried to do the Rayman thing. Are you kidding? You're gonna trash Rayman? I'm no, I'm not gonna trash Rayman. I'm sure he's great. I'm sure. Did you really not like Rayman Origins? Are you I, serious? Just nothing about it clicked with me. I just didn't. No get way. It. You're I don't kidding like, me. I really don't like platformers. Like as a rule, I I don't dislike platformers. I think I like them more than I do. I just I never have gotten. I can't remember the last platformer I got into, like really got into. Was it pro hey, was it Boogerman? Charm? What? what? It's not that. It's just like the mechanics don't appeal to me. They're not the kind of mechanics I not a lot of I fun. Think are, I just don't think it's fun to jump around on things and like explore and look for tr hidden tra I, it just doesn't I don't know, it doesn't click with me. I've just on nice games where you get to shoot people that are a different ethnicity than you are. No, that's not that's that's fundamentally untrue. I just don't think platformers are very fun. I don't like to Yeah, no, they, they were just a little more xenophobic. It would be totally cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. That's I, it. Want, <laughs> I want Rayman to have a turban on his head basically. <laughs> if it was a uh, stomping Irish people. Yeah, just, right. If it if it's not a, like a real dirty Japanese dating sim, <laughs> yeah. then Justin just no interessante. Yeah. If it doesn't have tentacle intrigue, I'm not I'm mm -hmm. not Tentacle Did intrigue? You, is that what you said? A tentacle intrigue. Uh, oh no, Mimoshi <laughs> Tentacle Intrigue Four is actually the pinnacle of the series. That's where they—it's uh, all rotoscoped uh, using puppetry. <laughs> yeah, Studio Ghibli, I think, helped out on that one, right? Yeah, Studio Ghibli did. <laughs> I want to. He was like, "You've got my axe. Let's make a tentacle porn game." <laughs> uh, Studio Ghibli really—they were very helpful. I, th I for a brief second I thought it'd be great if if you know somebody did some fan art. Of that, but now I thought about it for one second. And I no. please, please yeah, do not. Please don't. Please don't <laughs> do, do not. That. Whatever happens, do not do fan art of that. What about Chris? what about Gimli? But his beard is coming down, but his beard turns into tentacles. Nope. <laughs> Let's stop talking about it. Let's just forget yeah. about it and move on. It's probably uh, best if we just forget about it. Here's what I'm gonna say, you guys. 
probably a lot of people who listen to this didn't play Rayman Origins last year, even though it was one of like the best yeah, if games you, that if came you out. Did- if you missed on that, you're a dunce. Yeah, and right. so here, two ninety nine, you can get a pretty good idea of what that game feels like. Play it on the on uh, on the App Store, and then if you like it, be like, oh, I wonder what this would feel like if it was bigger and better and had four player co op on the same screen, and then go and get Rain Origins. Yeah. It's good. Or if you if you if like me, you are one of the goobers buying a Wii U. Uh, get that other new raymond sweet stuff raymond legends it is it's one of the best games on on the vita right now too um it's it's yes. a lot of fun to take on the road and Guys, I... it is the best platformer uh, i think that's going to be available on wii u we'll see but i would be shocked if new super mario brothers had any more creative uh juice in it than the new raymond i you keep saying raymond it's weirding me out i am um, rayman Rayman, I had a conf- I have a confession. While you guys were talking, I was checking GameStop because I I have not pre-ordered yet. I just figured I would. I wasn't in a rush, you know. Oh, it's gone. It's gone. Yeah, like, but like how? They had like eight. Because they had like fourteen of them. Yeah, and they always get in trouble. They don't want to do that again. Do you remember how the 3DS they had? Uh, they shipped out roughly. Hold on, let me punch out the numbers here 16 trillion of those they sent them out and then people were like oh well, well we're gonna discount these by about 200 dollars um, and then they sold them for about 25 dollars each and then nintendo <laughs> lost all the money and now they all live on the street Here's do you remember the- how satoru iwata now lives on the street like, uh, he lives in a box car and he travels from country to country and it, just throwing nintendo 3ds's at children do you remember how it used to be that now satoru iwata lives on the street you know do you how? Remember, do you remember, do you remember how, how Satoru, that is right now? Do, do you remember how Satoru Iwata has to sleep in just a big pile of wild dogs on the street to stay warm on those cold, cold Japanese streets? Just sleeps in a big wild dog pile. Do you remember if you think back that one time that is happening right now where they had to eat Nestor to stay alive? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I hope well, Howard that's... Lincoln doesn't catch wind of that because he is going to regulate. <laughs> they don't want that to happen again. So instead, they cut it down from two hundred trillion to fourteen, and now there's fourteen and fourteen lucky thing. kids. As far as I can tell, there's still two hundred trillion of the three hundred dollar uh, crap version that doesn't oh, come yeah, with you any can of the stuff. Those, like crazy. They're like nobody wants that. So it doesn't come with a sixty dollar game. It doesn't. It has one quarter the built-in memory. <laughs> doesn't have a charging stand. Uh, say fifty bucks. Like I, I wouldn't. I'd, How I'd many give parents them, are gonna buy that shiz on Thanksgiving Day, thinking they did good? I'm and gonna then give, I'd give Christmas them one hundred dollars. Christmas Day is gonna come, and and baby the, baby Chris is gonna be kid, like, take it back. The kid unwraps it and just barfs right on it. <laughs> like no, <laughs> it's Nintendo sixty four kid. He's older now. He's in college. But it's a uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh fucking great! Thanks, Dad. I guess uh, Marv. I have an announcement for everyone. This Rayman game looks beautiful and is fun. Thank so you. I take it all back, Chris. You, you That's too it? bad because I'm gonna yeah, end up I bought it. It's like, for it's your go- game, so it's not gonna it's, win anyway. It's gorgeous. I'm looking at it right now. It's like it's gorgeous. Yeah, three it's, bucks. It's, I mean, it's genuinely lovely to look at. Big, big and if you money. act um, like three bucks is a lot of money, I'm gonna come over there and punch you big, in the nut. It's big, big money, Chris. Hey, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, Mister. Oh, I've got my my mansions in Philadelphia, old fish town, big I, guy. Hey, <laughs> my house costs less than three dollars. This episode of The Best of These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately 
names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old, and they both love their aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. So hey, uh, real quick, <laughs> why, for halftime here, uh, I wanted to talk, see if you guys had gotten iOS 6 yet. And see if you no. think it is like the snooze of the century. Because I got it and I was, I, I don't know, usually an iOS release is met with some anticipation. But man, I just is, I don't give a crap. It's and got, I have an iPhone 4 if that colors it any. I've got an iPhone 5 in front of me right now and I have iOS 6 on it. And I'm not oh, sure sure. What's, what's new. It's got new maps. That's it. Yeah, which Those apparently aren't very good. good. Yeah. So, great, great, great job. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I'm honestly, I'm hard pressed to tell you about the new features in iOS 6. The app store looks a lot better. Yeah, but that's um, like, they could do an update on that any day of the week. I don't need a new operating sure. system. That's like saying, hey, um, you know, Steam has a client update. You need the new version of macOS. Like, yeah, what? not exactly, but, um, yeah, a, like the maps, the I guess. And I guess Siri does some stuff, but my phone doesn't do Siri. But yeah. Siri, Siri's new things are like, she can do movie times now. And it's like, Hey, how about an API so that she can do like a million, th like, I don't know. I'm, is that stuff, is that stuff different on my iPad too? Yes. Uh, yeah. On your new iPad, my iPad three, your iPad three has Siri. Yeah. My iPad Siri. next doesn't have Siri. It has Siri it on iOS six. Oh, it does? Yeah. Yeah. Bye, uh, suckers. Hold on. I'm going to go talk to a robot. iPad 2 <laughs> doesn't because of something about microphones. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're like, yeah, it's, it doesn't have enough of, it doesn't have enough microphones. It's got a microphone. It doesn't have the right. It doesn't have know. enough microphones. So, I don't think about getting into that Lumia because I've been looking. I love the Android app store. It's got such a renegade spirit to it. <laughs> Like nothing on it is very good, and most of it is illegal, pirated, stolen copies. And like I like that. It's got like a whole. Well, here's the like, thing, though. Yeah, you appeal. realize it's Windows 8, right? It's Windows Phone 8, which is even so. That's similar to the Android App Store being kind of a renegade, except or it doesn't have any of the. It doesn't even have the pirated stuff in it. It's just empty. Yeah. Well, I don't want that. Um, what's a What's a good Android? Um, Galaxy yes, S. Robocop. Is that an Android or is he's an Android, right? I don't yeah. know RoboCop. Uh, so yeah, iOS X I think is kind of a snore. Um, I uh, I had a fun encounter this week. I was noticing how my area does not have LTE 
and it is also not on the list of coming soon properties. Uh, <laughs> like not on the list of places coming soon to have LTE, but Verizon had LTE had LTE in my area, and so I said on Twitter like, "Yo, I'm out." Well, I'm but you're on AT and T, right? Yes, I'm on well, AT and T. Right? They own your ass. Right, but I was an empty threat because like I'm on a shared plan with my wife. I'm not gonna go through the hassle of switching providers. For L- for something for LTE or, or switching assholes because AT and T owns it. That's in the that is in the EULA of AT and T. They own your a hole. <laughs> so I complain <laughs> on Twitter and they said, well, "Okay, just relax. We're gonna DM you. Don't do this." I'm like okay, they, they DM'd you and said, "Who ass is this? <laughs> Who is ass this is our, this? Is this our ass? I think this is our ass." Uh, but why they does said, it sound like you're in prison? Like, because that's because because my ass is theirs. Two soulmates are fighting over whose wife they're gonna have. Um, so I, they said, listen, there's good news. We got LTE in Huntington right now. I'm like, oh man, are you serious? They're like, uh, yes. Look at this coverage map. I'm like, okay, I'm looking at it. The coverage map on on AT and T is crazy. If you haven't seen it, it is all in shades of blue. So, like, if you have cell phone service, it's light blue. If you can get 3G, it's, like, a slightly darker blue. If you got 4G, it's a darker blue than that. And if you have LTE, it's the darkest of blues. So this guy didn't know the difference between the different shades of blue. I don't know if this fool was colorblind or what. But he tried to convince me that, no, 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 definitely, definitely do have LTE in the area. And then I later get a call that, uh, sorry about that, Pedro was mistaken. Uh, we don't have LTE in the area, but was that his real name? Or are you being racist? No, no, it's Pedro. Uh, huh. Pedro was mistaken. We don't have LTE in the area, but look for it by the end of the year. Whoa, whoa! And they're like, "Don't hold me to that." But I'm like, "Okay, well, don't worry, you're AT and T." Like I literally, <laughs> I I couldn't if I wanted to because my ass is yours. Mm-hmm. Your whole uh, ass, your ass too. My yeah, the whole thing. All right, I'm gonna talk about. Can I talk about speaking of, speaking of LTE? Can I talk about FTL? Oh, God, this game. Let's do it. so oh, good. Turn, Guys, this turn game. it on. Okay, so, <laughs> FTL. Good luck describing it. The I say and this in my review, and it is very true. The hardest thing about FTL is convincing people that it is as, as much fun as it is. Because if you had described it to me before I played it, I would have... I'm not sure I would have made it through the entire description. But it is a... And bear with me here. It is a top-down space combat slash exploration sim with roguelike elements and strategy elements. No, okay. And that's system a, maintenance and ship building. Okay, so that's a lot <laughs> of like uh, that's a lot of subgenres there. Let me just tell you how it, what it is like. Um, you captain a spaceship. You name it whatever you want. You you hire you have a crew and you can name them whatever you want. Um, it's all very basic, uh, both graphically and just sort of in the UI. I mean, it, you have the fundamentals there, so you can rename your crew, you rename your ship, you set out into space. You are on the run from this huge fleet of rebels, and you're trying to get some vital information back to the uh, the Federation that you belong to. So the flow of the game is you planet hopping. Um, flying from planet to planet, sector to sector, trying to escape the rebels and get back to the Federation with this information. Um, 
on some of the planets, you'll find hostile uh, rebels or pirates that want to take your ship and you have to destroy them. Sometimes it's a store where you can buy upgrades for your ship. Sometimes it's uh, you know a random a random story event like. We want to do research on your crew, and you know we'll we'll pay you in credits. Or sometimes it's a distress call where you can go and rescue somebody for a reward, or maybe it's a trap or whatever. Uh, the really coolest thing about the game, and the, the what really I think is the the best hook, is the combat. So it, it, your main view when you're in a fight, you don't control the movement of your ship. What you control is uh, targeting. Um, it, Every room in your ship is tied to a system. So you have a shields room and a uh, life support room and a uh, uh, weapons, what, and weapons room. Right, an oxygen room. And uh, when enemies can target specific rooms and shut those systems down. Uh, and you have to send crew members from your ship to repair those systems. Uh, if they're in an undamaged room, then they're providing a boost to it. Um, so you, you have to decide to pull them off of the system that they're uh, supplying the boost to and go set them to repair the uh, the room, which they'll automatically do if you enter them into it. It's all very simple um, for, from a control perspective. Uh, you also have a, a limited pool of energy that you can shift between your different systems. So if you are hurting and limping back to a repair station, maybe you want to put more energy into your shields or uh, if you're up against an enemy with strong defenses maybe you want to push all your uh, energy into, into your weaponry um, when you are under attack the rooms can get damaged that sucks uh, but sometimes they can also be set on fire which makes it dangerous to send your crew members into and you can do stuff like uh, open the blast doors on your ship to let the vacuum of space in and suck all the oxygen in the room out um, and, and put the fire out. That's more uh, moving on to more advanced stuff. There's like a, there's cloaking systems you can buy for your ship. There's um, you can, you can teleport your crew members onto the enemy ship to try to take it apart that way. Um, and there are so many different, it's a, it, it, the reason it, it shares with like the roguelike genre is you are almost always going to die. It's a, usually a question of how far can you make it um, because it, it is pretty darn difficult. But the uh, the amount of different encounters you can have uh, is, is really staggering, and it makes every playthrough feel uh, like a, a new adventure. Um, I, I never got frustrated when I got killed. I just I was ready to just get started and... And go again because I, I wanted to see what I was going to run into this time and and readjust my strategy because it's there's it's so deep and while being very easy to understand because it's all visually laid out for you on one screen you know everything that's going on it's just maybe you over over invest in shields and then the enemy's able to send one mantis man over to your ship and eat everybody and it's like well you don't have a crew now perhaps you should have thought of this before it's like ah damn it next time. I'm going to have a droid on board that I can activate that'll fight people that try to board my ship. And then, you know, the next time, who knows what you'll run into. But um, it's like nine bucks right now on Steam. Uh, and I've probably spent 15 hours playing it over the last week. I'm 
hopelessly hooked on it. A typical playthrough lasts about an, uh, you know anywhere from a half hour to an hour, uh, uh, typically. And um, it's like the most. It's a ton of fun. Plant, you've been playing it. What am I? What am I missing? Well, I I, I want to talk a little bit about roguelikes in general because I, I love Spelunky uh, earlier this year. In in a weird way, I feel like they have a lot in common. Uh, in the sense, one that they're roguelikes, but two. There's something about these games that I'm starting to realize I love about video games in general that most games don't do right, uh, that cost a lot more to make. And that's the best video games, for me, tend to be cause and effect simulations, like big machines of just vast like cause and effect systems. So when I say that, I mean, uh, in this game, somebody targets your oxygen, and they knock that out. So suddenly you don't have oxygen, and you have to run and refill the oxygen or everyone dies that was like that's a really simple cause and effect you know you can't worry about shooting them anymore because if you can't breathe you can't fight uh but then you see like more complex versions of that where uh a fire started on my ship and it filled five rooms right away they like three three missiles just basically destroyed the ship and what i had to do was empty all the doors uh on my entire ship at once i opened all of them and it flooded uh the vacuum of space in which sucked all the air out which killed the fires but it knocked everyone's health down to two but it allowed them to continue operating the systems and that's why i say two it uh, it lowered their health very low but it allowed them to keep operating the systems. so it was a quick choice that hurt everyone but then it allowed me to take out this ship at the last second so i Got rid of all this fire without taking anyone off of their duty. I defeated this ship that was, like, way above my rank, uh, all because I knew kind of how to play that cause and effect. Uh, and sometimes it works against you in really fun ways. Like, for example, there will be a fire in, in a big section of your ship. You'll open the doors, suck out all the fire, and then an enemy missile will take out your doors. Yeah. We'll take yeah. out your door so you system so you can't reshut it. So it's about like, oh god, now I gotta send a guy into a room that doesn't have oxygen, and he's gonna die, but he has to fix the doors, or else I can't fix the doors, unless I can't, you know, and now something else just got shot while I was thinking about it. And that's this, why I, I, I sorry. think, so, sorry, just to finish this really quick, I think that's why cause and effects uh, make for good storytelling. Like, when you, re when you talk about this game, like, most games, they have, like, a simple cause and effect. It's, you shoot him in the face, uh, and he dies, or you shoot him in the body, and he dies a little slower. And that's a first-person shooter. There's not a whole lot of different things you can do. Well, here, there's so many so many things are tied to each other. Uh, you know, one thing happening in one part of your ship will affect everything else that you do. That it creates these hills and valleys of a story. Where you'd be like, well, the oxygen went out. So I saved the oxygen. But by doing that, I left myself prone to uh, my shield. So then they blasted a hole in the front of the ship. So then I opened all the doors. And with whatever oxygen I had left, I, you know, fired missiles. And I took them out. And then I leaped uh, to a new planet just in time to survive. Like, you get all the all these things are causing new things to happen. And you're having to react one thing after another. This sounds amazing. And I... I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it when we're done with the podcast. I'm gonna play it for the rest of the workday. Please don't tell Brian. I will. My my problem is, and it's it's a problem that I've had with all roguelikes that I've only just recently discovered, is that I I understand that the mechanics of a roguelike of a good roguelike are built around the impermanence of it, of when you die you're done. Um, it's it, but it's hard for me. To, to really fall in love with that that model when it has these like great progression systems and you're getting stronger and you're learning and then it's over 
and then you and then you have to start over. Like there my, is a mode for you. Well, it is t- called you ch- easy. The e- Justin and I had <laughs> talked about this. I don't like that. I like where you you lose everything. Like I like a really hard roguelike that it's chaos and you can just lose for no reason other than trusting someone that they are a good guy and then getting on board their ship and finding out that they are actually sick with a flu that kills your entire team like that (laughs) that is i'm saying though that there's a way to work that kind of stuff into the game without the penalty which is the ultimate penalty next to like deleting itself off of your computer or console if you die the ultimate penalty that a game can can do to you is start you over. There is a way to, to give you that experience. Cool. Like, take Dark Souls. Like, Dark Souls has that same thing about learning, and it has punishment. But at the same time, if you die, like, not all hope is lost. Well, that, like, I, mean, I, don't like, I don't like starting over in a game. It seems counterintuitive to me. And I understand what? that that makes me sound like a huge... But- but no, no, no! I completely, Griffin. I agree with you. I, I, and, and I do think I'm, I'm a big proponent of, um, no, I, like I'm a big proponent of ethical design that doesn't, ta- that doesn't waste your time. It doesn't take your time for granted. Here's what I would say in, in, in terms of FTL in, a, in a few instances. One, there is an easy mode where it's not super easy. It's, there are it's still, a lot I mean, you're, it's a lot easier and, and you are frequently, I mean, you will frequently still die. Um, so, so that can help with the experience. But the if you die thing, in easy mode, you still start over. You still start over. But, but, but wait, there's two other things. One is there are achievements in the game that you can use to unlock better ships. Um, so if you get a certain, like if you get to the fifth sector, for example, uh, then you unlock another ship the board and that cube. is... Or yeah, like a board cube, and and that is permanent. That is that does not go away okay. w- with time. So that is one thing. The other thing I would say is that <clears throat> the game is laid out in such a way that it is designed to. Uh, I don't know why this is. I could probably figure it out if I thought about it enough. But it is emotionally very easy to start over, and and you're usually itching to start over. By the time you die, because if you do die, it is typically very apparent to you what you did wrong. Um, it's in these bite-sized chunks where that's just the ebb and flow of the game, where it's constantly testing your defenses and testing your strategy. And then when your strategy falls apart, you're eager for a way to, you're eager for a chance to to try it again because you understand where it it went wrong. Um, so between that and the the completely randomized nature of it. Um, you know, if it, it just feels like another story, it yeah. feels like a separate, separate, you know, a, a separate adventure where completing the game or getting the best ship isn't really the point. It's about how do you do it, do it all the most efficiently. The progression um, is so different each time you play that it's not like Spelunky where you know that you didn't make it to World Two. You know, like Spelunky, while it is different each time you play, like it's like okay, I am in the caves, then I'm in the forest, then I'm in the ice world, then I'm in the tombs, then I beat the game. Like, here, you don't feel like you've been shamed or that you haven't reached, a, you know, a desired goal when you die. It's not... You feel like you did your best. It's thrilling. I mean, it really is, like... Especially when you're up against a wall and you're in... It's so many of those... Um, the, those moments from like TV or movie space battles when it's like 
push all the energy into this one thing or pull all the crew off of this and put them all in the engine room working to repair the damage so I can get that one more shot off that I need. Um, it, there's a lot of those like it, it, those great moments. And it takes a lot of really complex elements and makes them it, that would normally put me way, way off. And by grounding them in the ship physically, it makes it all very easy to take in just at a glance. I mean, you intuitively understand how this ship works just looking at it. Yeah. Um, the only and that's, the only reason I would recommend the normal mode to even give it a try after you've played the easy mode maybe for a while and gotten the hang of it is it makes you uh, kind of a despicable person. You you start like working with pirates who are taking advantage of people and are like, hey, just take like just take five bucks, look the other way, just keep moving in the galaxy. Nothing to see here. You know, we we both can come out of this doing pretty well. Because if you stop, if you try to be a hero in this game, you are punished. Like in normal mode, yeah, yeah. In easy mode, you're like the the white knight of the solar system, just gallivanting around. Like, <laughs> oh, no problem, I'll take care of this guy. And, and on normal mode, it's like, well, listen. I'd, I'm not going to tell you your business. <laughs> you are obviously a pirate. Yeah. Um, so just go ahead and uh, murder everybody on board and steal all their gold. And if you can just give me, like, a missile, if you can give me, like, one missile, then I'll just be on my way. I got another nebula to explore. And uh, this is you've obviously got some cultural things going on here that I don't really understand. The worst was somebody was like, we have somebody on, on board who, who appears to just have a, a cold. Do you think you could stop for a second? We'd give you all this money. I was like, hell no. That cold is a zombie plague. Like, you guys are on your own. I'm, I'm booting. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't know, I, like, even if you saw that exact same beginning of a quest, you don't know if it's the good guy, uh, you know, you're going to get the good zombie guy or the bad zombie guy. It's like, and the good guy will like join your crew and be really, be really helpful. helpful. And it's like the bad guy will like infect everybody on your crew. I think one time I had an upgraded medical bay and I actually healed him from space. Like, listen, you guys just chill for a sec. I'm going to hit you with some beams and see if that don't sort it out. Cause if not, I gotta be on my, I gotta be on down that lonesome. <laughs> you guys, I can't bring you on. Let's, um, uh, let's pick the winner. Okay. Chris Grant? I have one other question for you, Justin, on FTL. Uh, Hit me. Tell me about the graphics, because that's important to me. Um, it is, I would say they're simple, um, not... How high-res are they? The but term retro aesthetic has become so, like... It's not I think really it's retro. Me- it's not it's not. I wouldn't say it's met- retro. Um, I'm trying to think of a comparable... I mean, it's not realistic, certainly, Um well, I don't know, Chris. What cues I, would you? I would say it's just very simple, hand-drawn representations of what this. You, you know, like when you drew uh, ships in your uh, elementary school, like notebook. Did you ever do uh, that? Where you'd be like, nope. "Oh, th- this is a ship, oh, sure. and this is Never. these are my rooms, and this room has this power." Uh, it looks a lot like that if done very well. Yeah, like it looks like notebook designs for your future face or not face your your starship layouts. Uh, only other thing, uh, other thing I would say about this game is it really needs to be on iPad. Oh my it god! Yeah, be, I don't know how well be, it would control. I'm I'm kind of mixed. It's on all that. clicking. I mean, it's all. Yeah, but I use a lot of no hotkeys. movement. I do use a lot of hotkeys too. That would th- that would slow things down. But um, I I would really encourage anybody to give it a try. And because not only is like is it g- really great, there are so many other directions I could see them going with it. Like, I'd love to see them get more into, like, 
personalizing the crew and yeah and maybe more permanence like like griffin talked about um the other thing is when people when you have crew members manning a certain station for extended periods of time then they become really good at it and you get bonuses for them manning that station so uh you know like when my uh weapons expert gun dude was on the guns for long enough then eventually my guns would be really be really solid uh, and the alien species that you pick up also have their own attributes built in yeah. that they're already good at. Like, there's one that's a um, sort of a uh, not a bug-like alien, but like a, a mantis. A, a morph- no, not the mantis. The uh, electric. Oh yeah, yeah. dudes. Uh, there's the, these green Martian type fellows that if you put them into one of your rooms, they emit a electrical pulse from their body that actually uh, charges the the weapons and saves you some energy so like it, each of the different crew members has their own yeah uh, i had one that had second traits. sight and i could see where people were walking around on other ships which was great because then i was like like oh they're all running to go fix this i'm gonna blast the hell out of that and just kill everyone on board yes the slugs yeah are psychic the slug people are saying. All right, guys i think i've i've been uh, i did some calculations i've got a spreadsheet okay. here I've been adding in all the features everyone's talked about and all the superlatives. Uh, I rank each superlative Scrabble style. Uh, so I've been weighting those as well. Um, I ran it through. I pulled the lever a couple minutes ago, and it's just wrapping up the calculations now. Uh, but Is it's looking... Chris Tron? <laughs> it's looking pretty clear, guys. I think FTL is going to take it. Yes! Yay! Just can't... You can't... The amount of enthusiasm I also I I, um, I absorbed your enthusiasm and I injected <laughs> that into the spreadsheet and that really I think tipped the meter. Uh, right. And I think with with Borderlands Two, it's a great game. It's got a lot of cool stuff in it, but you know, it doesn't necessarily more doesn't necessarily make it better. I think FTL uh, brings a lot of originality, brings a lot of uh, kind of unique, um, clever design. Uh, and I, even though it's got. got graphics like a high school notebook yeah uh, think we've gotten some we've gotten some flack for skipping over games before i do not think we will we have seen anything like we will see the uh the lashing we'll receive for not making borderlands to the game and i think if you're one of those if you're writing that angry email right now i would say don't even worry about it because a none of this matters <laughs> It's all video games. It's, it's well, okay. A, it's all video games. None of this matters. B, this podcast is nobody gives a shit. And C, like little big planets out next week. That's obviously going to take it over. Pokemon's out a couple weeks after that. That one's going to just knock it right off the block. Like it, it's it, it's so fluid. It's like I'm also going to say this, answered. guys. If you're going to before you get grumpy about one game winning or another, go give FTL a download. Yeah. Go oh, snag man. it. Give it a play. It's it's Windows uh, and Mac. It's like eight bucks, nine bucks, I think, on Steam, and uh, and it, it's it'll run on your your old, you know, MacBook Air or your. It's one of the few games that I I have on my Mac and will keep here because it is, it is really good. And I would encourage you, Chris Griffin, you guys, please. Why don't you go an indie devs? Is what I bet people are writing. Oh, I bet okay, you. Well, why don't you get jocked and blows? Okay, can these I guys are so hipster. Does it beat Mark of the Ninja? Yeah, I mean that. I like. I don't say that lightly. Mark of the Ninja is a great game. I played all through Mark of the Ninja, and I think FTL is both better and more important. Well, I I think FTL will. I have no shame in saying this. Will definitely be near. 
I would not be surprised if it is in my top list at the end of the year, or if it is something we're seriously debating uh, at the end of besties this year. All right, guys, I need yeah. just a little bit more data to make the final determination between Mark and the Ninja and FTL. Is there maybe a couple more superlatives you could you could throw in? There? Why don't you uh, kiss Genova Chen on the mouth? <laughs> Does that is that enough? Does that do I it? think that did it. FTL, the new yes. number Subtle. one best game of all time officially as stated by polygon.com and all of its editors we all agree equally Fiddle. uh ftl Fiddle. uh griffin yes will you play ftl today um i will do you guys have that trash truck do you think it's like ftl in there do you think they're like oh, someone needs to be on the the trash engine <laughs> <laughs> I get so excited. Oh, Here in Austin, we have those trash trucks that have the mechanical arms on the side zone, and it scoops up the can, and it dumps it right in the back. It's the game of the year. <laughs> uh, I, I can't system. play it. I'm very busy. I'm working on two reviews simultaneously right now. I will get around to it, though. All right. Chris? I am... I have this... I have, I have an iPhone 5. What about our route? You can't play it yet because you lost your iPhone. <laughs> Here's that's true, guys. Listen to this story. Ready? I left my iPhone four at the train station yesterday. I realized I left it there. It was dead. That's why I, I didn't check it for a while, and uh, I didn't realize it was gone. But I can't remote wipe it using Find My iPhone because it's dead. So I got to wait for somebody to turn it on. So I've got it set to like wipe when it turns on and um, and uh, and send me an email. But nobody's turned it on yet, which means I don't think anyone's found it. And so I'm just like, mm-hmm. it's in D.C. I almost want to hop in the train and go back down there. But st- it was because my stupid battery only lasts like an hour. But I got the new phone today. It was kind of good timing, but I, I can't activate the new phone because doing that will disable the SIM on the old phone. And then it won't check in and get the signal to remote wipe. So I need to wait until somebody finds it and plugs it in. Before I can actually have to wait until from. somebody tries to steal it. Yeah. I can wait until somebody really like officially tries to steal it. Yeah. Have you considered? Uh, have you considered taking Phil Fish on a romantic carriage ride through the country? Um, I I haven't. I'm not sure how that would how that would help my my phone situation. I'm just saying, if you love Super Meat Boy so much, why don't you marry it? Okay. All right. That's gonna do it for us yeah. here. All the besties. Halo. Ba 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 ba. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can read all the crap we write on theverge.com forward slash gaming. It's not crap. That will soon be polygon.com. Uh, Chris, when's it gonna? When's Polygon gonna launch? It's definitely gonna be twenty. Okay, it's almost definitely gonna be in the twenty tens. Okay, definitely in the twenty teens. Uh, can you give the people anything more concrete than that? People cu- turn to our show for the breaking news. Uh, I think if you've been watching the the press reset series, you'd you'd tell now that it's somewhere between now and Thanksgiving. Fair enough. Okay, uh, and uh, that's gonna do it for us. The besties, please scribe and scribe and rustum. Sorry, uh, subscribe and review our podcast on iTunes, and make sure to join us again next Friday for the besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends be the world's? best games.